Hi, welcome to Training for Godliness, where we take a few minutes to remind each other to stay focused on spiritual things during our daily walk with God. I'm your host, Paul Hammonds. Hi, this is Paul Hammonds, the evangelist at the Kimberly Church of Christ in Gardendale, Alabama. And this is Training for Godliness. I hope you're finding these podcasts useful, encouraging, and educational. And if you have any suggestions, please let me know. You can find me on Facebook at the Kimberly Church of Christ Facebook page or through my blog at reasonfromtheword.com. Please take a minute to like this, share it out to anyone who might find it useful, and if you can subscribe to it, please do. We'd be glad to have you. So if you're like me, you're in the middle of a year-long Bible reading schedule, and right now we're in the section of the prophets reading the book of Jeremiah. When we read through the Bible, it's easy to get a little discouraged when we get to this part of the book. After all, God never calls prophets to tell his people that they're doing great. A prophet's job almost exclusively is to tell people to change how they're living, and he usually does so in pretty threatening terms. So if we're reading the Bible for sources of inspiration and encouragement, we might have a hard time staying with it once we get to a book like Jeremiah. In addition to that, he's talking to people that are long since gone. So what does that have to do with me today? Well, as it turns out, even though Jeremiah is writing to a nation that was punished for their sins some 2,500 years ago, there's a lot in Jeremiah's message that we ought to be paying attention to in our own lives, because in a lot of ways, the religious world of Jeremiah might have looked a lot like we see today in many of our churches. In Jeremiah 7, the chapter starts, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand in the gates of the Lord's house, and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah who enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly execute justice one with another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. So the problem with these people wasn't that they weren't worshiping God. They were. They were going to the temple. They were offering sacrifices just like they were supposed to. There's no indication that they had turned their back on God the way we might consider it. The problem was that they assumed that since they were God's people, they had the temple, and they were offering all the right sacrifices, that it didn't matter what else they did. As a result, they would come to the temple and perform their rituals, and then go back to their lives, which included all kinds of ungodly activities, even up to idol worship. Jeremiah continues in verse 8, Behold, your trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations. He tells him in verse 21, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifice and eat the flesh. And what he's talking about there is the different types of sacrifices the Israelites made. Some were burnt offerings, which were meant as atonement for sin. Those offerings were completely burned up on the altar. But there were other sacrifices that the priests and the offerer would actually eat after having presented to the Lord. And what Jeremiah is telling them is that for all the good that the sin offering is doing you, you might as well just go ahead and eat it along with your other offerings because God isn't going to accept it anyway. All you're doing is burning and wasting good meat. So what does all this have to do with us? We're not worshiping idols during the week, are we? Well, maybe not. But too many times we find ourselves displaying a different character on Sunday than we do on Friday, just like they were doing back in Jerusalem during that time. Do we put on our church face when we go to worship and then go back home and worship our other idols during the week? We worship the things we put first in our lives. Sometimes that's worship of self, 
Sometimes it's worship of physical pleasure or financial success or approval of my friends and coworkers. Any of these things can be considered idle when I'm willing to stop listening to God and start pursuing things that are contrary to God's character or that divert my mind and my devotion away from where it ought to be. We have to ask ourselves this question every day. How much time do I spend during the week in prayer or in study or meditation of God's word? Do I talk to my family about living a godly life as much as I talk to them about my favorite TV show or what happened at work or what we want to do on our next vacation? Am I thinking about ways to serve God and contribute to the work of the Lord's church throughout the week? Or does that only enter my mind as I'm getting into my car to drive to worship services on Sunday? We can go our whole lives putting on a face that the world may see as a God-fearing Christian, but all the while God is looking at us and saying, just as he said to the people of Judah in verse 11, Has this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. So let's strive to serve God every day, making sure that there's nothing in our lives that's more important, nothing that's keeping us from being the people God wants us to be. Let's not rob God of the honor and the worship that he so richly deserves. That sort of daily discipline is required for everyone who's training for godliness. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.